Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Morning, church. See you on this beautiful Sunday morning. God bless you. We're glad you're here. It's good to look out and see so many friendly faces. Well, amen. A couple of friendly faces, praise the Lord. Some guests that are with us today, we, uh, we're always excited, as Brother Bob said, we're always excited to welcome visitors and guests, and uh, we know you can, you can choose to worship um, anywhere you like, but since you came here, we're really honored that you did, and we really pray that you enjoy the fellowship here at Open Bible on this Sunday morning. I want you to join me this morning in the book of Psalms, not far from where Brother Will just read a moment ago. We're, we're going to look at Psalm 127. And uh, I want to read just a couple of verses. We had said this in a, in a uh, previous message that uh, Psalm 127 and 128 are companion psalms. And when you read through them, what the psalmist does uh, in, in these two psalms is speaks a little bit about the family. In fact, how to have a healthy, happy, godly family. Isn't that what we want? We want our children to be reared in a home that's healthy and happy and godly. But that takes work. Just because you come to a great church like Open Bible doesn't mean you're going to have a healthy, happy, godly church. You know, you've got to work at it. You've got to learn what it takes and then implement the principles of God's word. And, uh, and so the Bible gives us all the help we need. I, I want you to notice just a, just a couple of verses. Look at verse 1, Psalm 127, verse 1. Except the Lord build the house. Let's slow it down. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. He said in verse 2, it's vain for you to rise up early, sit up late, Eat, eat the bread of sorrows. You know what he's talking about there? It's vain to be anxious and worried to the point where it keeps you up all night, being overwhelmed by what might happen. Because he said in verse number two there, he said, uh, the Lord, he gives his beloved sleep. Isn't that right? He said in verse three, lo, children are in heritage of the Lord and the fruit of the womb is his reward as arrows are in the hand of a mighty man so are children of the youth happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them it means happy is the family that got an abundance of kids you know they're costly <laughs> but it's a blessing verse number five happy is the man have his quiver full of them. they shall not be ashamed but they shall speak with with the enemies in the gate look at chapter look at psalm 128 verse 3 thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thine health, house, thy children like olive plant, plants round about thy table. Verse 6, yea, thou shalt see thy children's children and peace upon Israel. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his 
holy, powerful, living word. Amen? So I captured verse 1 and that first statement last time. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. And what we did was this. We said that when God is at work in the home, when you allow God to be uh, the core of your home, when you build your home around the Lord, when you build your home around the Word of God, when you allow the Word of God to give you the guidance, and when you practice good biblical principle in your home, it'll, it'll not only be healthy and happy and godly, but there will, be, there will be some qualities visible in the home that only God can really produce. You remember that discussion? We talked about that a few weeks ago. And in our discussion, here, here's what we did. We began to list... Uh, we began to list some of the things, some of the qualities that will be visible if God is at work in your home. If you let God work in your home, if you follow God's word in building your home, there will be certain qualities visible. Let me, let me go back and just kind of highlight them for a moment. We said this, uh, one of the qualities in a, in a God-governed home is leadership. Do you remember that? Leadership. Are you guys with me? I know you are. I'm talking to the group up there. Leadership. Uh, I like this Bible verse. Genesis 18 and verse 19. Look what he said. For I know him. Now this is the Lord speaking about Abraham. He says, I know him that he will command his children after him. Uh, That word command there just means to lead. And so here's what the Lord said uh, about Abraham in that passage. He said, I know Abraham and I know that he's going to lead his family in the right direction. Isn't that awesome? Fellows, think about it for a second. You think the Lord could say that about us? I know him. I know him, and I know that he's going to lead his family in the right direction. Now, we can say a whole lot about this. We already did in a previous message. But I will say this. Leadership in the home is not just for the dad, the mom. It's for everybody. Right? And and everybody in the home has some kind of a leadership position. And I think it would would behoove us to encourage everyone in the home to to fulfill their role and take their leadership position when it's called upon. And I won't go back and and re-preach this because we did that a few weeks ago. I do believe it's in the archives if you're interested in watching that message or listening to that message, okay? Uh, But we did say this, we said one of the qualities visible when when God is at work in the Christian home is leadership, right? Amen? A second thing we said is this, uh, there's submission, submission. And and if if everyone has to uh, fulfill their role as a leader, then everyone should fulfill their role in submission. But you know where it begins? Submission begins when you and I have a submissive spirit unto the Lord. When we get into the habit of saying, yea, Lord, you speak and I'll listen. Uh, I like the song, wherever you lead, I will follow. I will follow, I will follow Jesus. Anywhere, everywhere. That's a pretty good attitude. Don't you agree? Wouldn't it be great if all of God's kids had a submissive spirit in, in which we, 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 we would say this, Lord, whatever, whenever, it doesn't matter. I'm just going to follow you. I'll guarantee you this. When God's at work in the home, there will be some visible qualities 
because he will be at the center. He's, he's at the core. He's at the hub. And, and, and then you'll notice in that home, uh, there's some leadership. There are individuals who are saying, I'm going to do what God has uh, called me to do, encouraged me to do, leads me to do, to the very best of my ability. And I'm going to submit to the authority that is given. By the way, authority isn't, isn't a curse. Authority is a gift. God gives authority into our lives as a gift. And the best thing we can do for ourselves is, is, to, to, is to submit to the authorities that God has placed in our lives. Don't you agree? And so, uh, visible qualities in the home. Say it with me, class. Leadership. Submission. And then we, then we gave you a third one, uh, communication. When God's at work in the home, there's communication. People communicate, right? We communicate. And I, I like to go back and re-preach this one, but I won't. But here's the, here's the thing about communication. Communication is a two-way street. And sometimes in trying to communicate, we really foul up the communication. And sometimes I think as parents, we think our job is just to dictate. Hello? I think sometimes as parents, we think our job is just to, you know, lay it out there. But communication really is a two-way street. Isn't that right? And sometimes communication breaks down because of timing. Right? It's just not the right time. You know, you got something to say to your child, or you have something to say to your parent, or you have something to say to your spouse, and you just, you just select the worst time to say it. Sometimes it's tone, right? Have you ever been, have you ever been uh, kind of accused of using the wrong tone? Well, I just don't like your tone. Well, I apologize. Well, how would you like me to, to say it? You know, my, my children say, they used to say sometimes growing up, Dad, why are you yelling? I'm not yelling. I'm just telling you, put the trash out, man. Why are you yelling? Because I told you three times already. Are you with me? So tone's important. And, and technique. Technique is important. You know, where you gather all the information. Remember I illustrated that last, last time? You remember the illustration? Me and John got into a little discussion here. And John, John broke the piggy bank and took some money. And I thought for sure it was to go out and buy Reese's peanut butter cups. And I was ready to clock them. And I got up all, all up in his face, and then from behind his back, he pulled out a Father's Day card. Huh? By the way, do you know where that illustration came from? Anybody know? <gasps> Shame on you, the Andy Griffith Show. <laughs> yeah, Opie broke the piggy bank, and, and Andy thought he was, went out and bought some whatever, and here he bought him a Father's Day card. Listen, man, you get some good godly counsel from the, the Andy Griffith Show. One of my favorite shows, watch it all the time. Amen, John. So thanks for joining with me. So communication. So look at it, pay, pay attention now. When God is at work in the home, when you build your life on the word of God, when you let God be God in your home, there'll be some visible qualities. There'll be leadership and there'll be submission. There'll be communication. And then finally, we said this, there'll be forgiveness. Right, there'll be forgiveness. Look at that text. And be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Forgiving, that's across the board. That's not just in relationships outside or relationships in, that's in relationships in home. And then he set the standard 
Forgiving one another, how? <laughs> As Christ has forgiven you. So how did he forgive you? Stipulations? Penance? In order to be forgiven, you got to... No, it's just forgiveness. Hello? Well, I'll tell you what, I'll forgive you, but we're going to have to put you on, on, on probation, John. Because you've already done this before, and I'm afraid you're going to do it again. That's not forgiveness. Help me here. I'm not sure what that is, but it's not forgiveness. So when God's at work in the home, there'll be forgiveness. Now, I want to amend that list this morning. And I want to, I want to speak about three other things. I want to discuss three other things with you. And, and then that'll, be, that'll complete our list. And so we've already talked about four. I'm going to give you three more, and that'll come to seven. And seven is the number of completion. That doesn't mean that when God's at work in the home, there won't be other visible qualities, because there will be, but I'm just going to list seven for you, okay? And then you go amend your own list. How's that? All right? So I, I would say this. If God's at work in your home, number five, what you'll find is understanding. Understanding. Would you look at that Bible verse with me? Proverbs chapter 6, verse 20. Look at it. My son, keep thy father's commandment and forsake not, what? The law of thy mother. Now, I'm not sure if this jumps out at you or not, but I want you to notice something. I want you to see the harmony in that Bible verse. Did you see the harmony? Look, my son, keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother. Do you know what that means? That means this, mom and dad were on the same page. Mom and dad were on the same page. That's a little bit better. So, what is it, isn't it a wonderful thing when, when Sonny or, 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 or Sweetie, the little girl, isn't it a wonderful thing when they know that they can't play mom against dad or dad against mom? Isn't it a wonderful thing? Huh? But you know what happens sometimes in our homes? And I, I mentioned this a couple weeks back. We tend to get a little bit lazy in areas. And so what happens is, uh, you know, one of the children will come and they'll say, you know, dad, dad's busy, man. Dad's watching the Phillies or, or dad's on the computer doing some work or dad's planning his next golfing outing or dad's really busy. And little Sonny comes along or little Sweetie comes along and says, dad, can I? And the very first response, I mean, doesn't even think about it. Knee jerk reaction is. I, I was reading your lips, Beth. What was it again? Go ask your mother. Do you know what we've just established there? We've just established a problem. Hello? So what happens is he goes ask mom, right? Or she goes ask mom. And you know what mom says? What's your father say? Well, dad said for me to come and ask you. And then we wonder why our kids walk around like this. Huh? Right or wrong? When, look here, look here, look here, look here. You, you get it. I don't care if we're living in the day of Abraham or in a day that has yet to come. It is going to take effort and work and labor and sweat and tears and prayers to raise a godly family. It doesn't happen with it just because you go to church. 
Well, if I can just get down to that church there, get my kids in Sunday school, get them in that youth group, I know they're going to turn out right. Wrong. Because think about it. I mean, how long? We're here today, maybe an hour or two at the most to come back tonight. But then you've got 168 hours in a week, and they're going to spend a lot more time at school or at work than they are at church. And so when they come home, there's got to be some kind of an established order. And I love that. Father and mother on the same page. Pay attention right here. Because mom and dad has already thought this thing out. I remember we had our first child several years ago. And right after, right after uh, uh, she was born, Nicole is our oldest daughter. Right after she was born, Craig, I'll tell you what happened. The doctor came in and he gave us the manual on how to raise her. They don't come with a manual. You know, I'm thankful that we had just gotten saved and gotten into a really, really good church. And the pastor had a couple of kids, you know, already advanced, a little bit older. And so he had already made some of the mistakes on his. And now he was teaching us how not to make the same mistakes with ours. And we learned Bible principles on how to. And so we had to think this thing through. And then guess what? We got four. The oldest one taught us things that would help us raise the second one. And then both of them taught us things on how to raise the third one. And by the time we had the fourth, we were, we were experts. <laughs> right? Yeah, and now, now the fourth one, she, she rules all of them because we did our best work on her. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say this. We had to put a lot of work, a lot of thought, a lot of prayers, a lot of tears into, but we were always on the same page. There were times, now trust me, let me be fair here. There were times when uh, one of the girls would come and they, and they would say, Dad, could I? And I would say, I would say, well, what did your mother say? Why? Not because I was copping out, but because it was, a, it was a female thing and I knew she knew better. And there were times, I'll tell you, Dean, there were times when I was going to say, let's do it, sweet. And she would say, are you out of your mind? <laughs> Why? And she'd pull me off to the side and she'd tell me, oh, oh, I didn't realize that. I didn't know what that was. I was just saying, and maybe that's why that kid was playing me because they knew I didn't know what it was. Huh? Right? Yeah. And so, look, on the same page, and it'll give you a better understanding on how to operate within your home. You say, well, Pastor, what, what can I do? You know, what can I do to get a better understanding? Hmm. Let me share with you just a couple of, a couple of tips. Uh, first of all, I'm going to tell you this. It takes time and effort. I know that's not popular. But outside of your job, your career, your vacation time, which are all important, there's nothing more important than those children that God gave you or those grandchildren or those great-grandchildren if you have great-grandchildren, right? And so it takes time and it takes effort. It takes thinking it through so you can get an understanding. Uh, it takes inspecting the facts. I said this a couple weeks ago. There are new, no two children that are alike. I look back here and I see Riley and Taylor. They're twins. But Brother Bob, if I were to ask you this question, are they identical in everything they do and every personality trait? What would your answer be? No. Why? Because no two, you know, they say identical twins. Uh-uh. 
They may look alike, but they're not the same person. They have different likes and dislikes and all of that stuff, right? And so in order to really get a better understand, are you paying attention? In order to get a better understanding in your home and rearing children, you need to collect the facts. You need to examine everything on an individual basis. And that takes time. And that takes effort. And it takes experience. It takes experience. You're going to get better at it. Got a lot of young families sitting back over here. You're going to get better at it. Those kids are going to teach you a lot. You think you're just teaching them? Oh, 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 oh no, 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 no. That line of, of teaching goes both ways. They're going to teach us a lot. My children have taught me how to pray. Yeah, they've, 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 they've taught me how to get out of debt. Uh -huh. The end result certainly worth it. So when God's at work, I got to move on. When God is at work in a person's home, in a, in a home, in a Christian's home, when he's at the core, when he's at the hub, there are some very visible qualities, leadership, submission, communication, forgiveness, understanding. Can I give you another one, number six? Love. 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 When God is at work in a home, you'll, you'll notice there's, there's love there. Now, that's a vast quality to discuss. Isn't it right? Huh? But how many of us would agree that when the Bible speaks about love, it's speaking more than just about, hey, bud, love you, man? Huh? Have you ever, I, I, I've never done this, but have you ever taken the time to count how many times you might say in the course of a day or a week, love you, man, or Hey, love you, sweetie. You know, my wife, every time we speak, I can speak, I can call her up 13 times today, and at the end of every discussion, she'll say, love you, love you, love you. I can forget to have said something, call her right back. I mean, just call her right back. She'll pick up the phone. Hello, hey, Don, I forgot to ask you. All right, goodbye. Love you, love you. Ask me if I say love you every time back. I just say, Okay. Right? But I love her. So do you think when we talk about love in the home, we're just speaking about expressing it verbally? I don't think so. So it's a vast discussion. When you get into the Bible, when you look at the biblical idea of love, it's not real complicated. It's not real complicated. Um, in fact, you know, what you find is this. Jesus told us the whole purpose of life. The whole purpose of life. You know what it is? Here it is. The whole purpose of life is to love God and to love others. That's the whole purpose of life. Jesus said, he said, on this hangs all of the law and the prophets. Right? However, when you look at it in the Bible, here's what you find. Now pay attention right here. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew word often used for love is the word ahava. Ahava. Say it with me. Ahava. You just spoke Hebrew. Ahava. And, and Ahava describes love kind of like this. Uh, it's the love that you, pay attention right here. It's the love that you might have for a spouse and a friend. Ahava. Well, I want to tell you something right now. I love John Torres. I've known John for a while. I, I remember John from when I used to come to Open Bible a while ago, but for the last almost year, I've been pastoring John, and I love John. I love my wife. We've been married for a long time. We started dating when we were 17. 
Man, I was 13 when we, she was 17, I was 13. And we were, no, I'm just teasing. We're both the same age. We're born four days apart. 17 years old. We were, did you ever hear this term, high school sweethearts? They're high school sweethearts, you know? And so I love my wife. I love my brother. Ahava says, Ahava says, it's love that you have for your wife and for your brother. But I will tell you something right now. John, I love you, but I don't love you like I love Donna. And if I did, there's some trouble in my life. Right? Aren't you, you, you understand that. Uh, for example, I might say this. I might say, I love my wife and I love chocolate cake. For me, I love my wife, but I love pizza. Huh? But I'm sure my wife, I'm sure she knows that I love her a whole lot more than I love pizza. Now, I have to be honest, right? I'm preaching. Not when I'm hungry. <laughs> Unless she's making the pizza. See the difference? However, when you go into the New Testament, see, the disciples of Christ didn't learn love by reading the Old Testament. They learned love by reading the life of Christ. And we're talking about having real, genuine love in the home. So when my kids come along and say, Dad, I love you. I love you like I love the dog. I love you like I love my allowance. I love you like I love my car. That doesn't speak a whole lot. When you look into the New Testament, the word that's used for love, the God-type love, is agape. Agape. And agape love is different than ahava. Agape love is a love that you can, you can see. It's, it's, it's just it's love and action. It's words and action. It's not saying, I love you, or, hey, I love you, man, or love you, bro, or love you, sis. No, it's, it's, it's love in action, and where you find that displayed is in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. <laughs> I, know you, I know you agree. And that's a different kind of love. Uh, when asked about the greatest commandment in the Bible, what did Jesus say? Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. Here's what he said. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. And then, and then he backs it up. Leviticus 19, 18. He said, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. So when, 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 when asked, interrogated, when they interrogate Jesus about the great commandment, here's what he says. You need to love God with all of your being. And then you need to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Man, that, that's some tough stuff, Right? And so, we come to understand then this. Now, pay attention here. Here's the message. Love is not a feeling. Love is not... You know, how do you fall out of love with someone? How do you fall in love with someone? Huh? Uh, it, 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 it's not exercised by what we see or hear or touch. You get a young fella, you get a young boy, and all of a, all of a sudden he discovers that he's, he's a boy? And he's different than that girl? And guess what he says? I love her. I love her. I've had four children. I remember my daughters in, in high school, 14, 15 years old. I told my, my daughter Nicole, I know she's not watching because she's on the road right now. And we won't put this up. She cannot archive this. I'm just kidding. 
I remember her coming up in, in high school. You know, there'd be boys in her class, and, and so she starts liking this boy, and I'd say to her, Nicole, you, you can't like that boy. Why not, Dad? Because you can't like that boy. Why? I don't know why. I don't even like that boy. <laughs> but you can't like that boy. And she'd say, remember, Don, I love him. I'm going to marry him. <laughs> and I would laugh and laugh and laugh. And I'd say, no, you're not. You don't love him. You just, you just, you're looking at him and you like what he looks like. Or you like what she looks like. Hello? That's not love, not according to the Bible. No, listen carefully. Uh, love is a choice that we make. Love is a fact. It's a choice that we make. Right? Think about it. God loved us before we loved him. Why? Because we were so lovable? No, we are sinners. In fact, the Bible says this about sin and God. God's of a purer eyes, cannot even look upon sin. So we were repulsive to him. You remember it says in, in Genesis chapter 6, verse number 7, it repented God that he even made man? But God chose to love. Are you paying attention? God chose to love us. And what's he do? He sends his only begotten son to take our place on the cross at Calvary. Here in his love. Not that we love God, but that he first loved us. It's a fact. And so you know why I said all that? I said all that to say this. It becomes practical that we choose to love our family. We choose to love our spouse. We choose to love our children on their good days and on their not-so-good days. I like to add a little humor in the messages. I think it keeps you connected. Look here. When my children came out of the womb, I was in the room for all four. All four. My wife had four cesarean sections. I'll never forget the first one. My knees were... I couldn't wait to get out of that room. I thought I was going to die. But I said that to say this, and you can laugh, and you can think I'm telling you whatever. Not one of them were cute. And if that doctor would have said, looks just like you, I'd have punched him right in the head. They were disgusting. How do you fall in love with that? In fact, I think it was our son. After they took him out, I thought to myself, oh, he's the ugliest thing I've ever seen. Looks just like his mother. I can't believe it. No, ugly. But then they brought him back in all cleaned up, and I thought to myself, that's not the same kid. That cannot be the same kid. I mean, they cleaned all the, everything off of him, you know? Huh? So if, if love was at first sight, those kids be fatherless. <laughs> but you know what I did? I chose. To, does it offend you that I, 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 I get a little humorous? Because I know some people wouldn't crack a smile if I gave you a million dollars right now. <laughs> I chose to love them because I'm their dad. And I want to tell you something. I have four children, and not one of them are perfect. They all have their flaws. They all make their mistakes. I've never hid that from anybody because life is life. Because if you think your kids are perfect, you've been duped. They're, they're pretty good at keeping it from you. Hello? Yeah. You know, but I love them anyway. I love them anyway. Why? I choose to. And love, God's kind of love, can be, I guess, defined using three words. Let me give them to you. Real quick. Number one is unconditional. God's love, 
Agape love is unconditional. It's sacrificial, isn't it? And it's unconditional. That means this, I love these kids no matter what. Now, I've not always liked them. Huh? When I had to, you know, be pulled into the conversation where this one did this and that one did that, I wanted, I wanted, to, I wanted to wring the life out of them. I didn't like them for a while. Come on, you know what I'm talking about, right? But I love them. They're my kids, right? It's unconditional. No requirements, no prerequisites. Well, you didn't give me a Father's Day gift? You're done this year. <laughs> Cut off. <laughs> no, just unconditional. Not only that, it's sacrificial. You know, and that word at the core implies giving up of something. It's sacrificial, right? Uh, basically, what we're talking about is giving up yourself. So let me put a little bit of meat on that bone. What's it mean to love your, your, your family unconditionally or sacrificially? It means to be patient. It means to be patient. Right? These kids, these kids are just a little bit of what they're going to be, and you need to help them be what they're going to be, and the only way to be it is for them to get all the kinks worked out. Right? And so they're not always going to say, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, thank you, sir, thank you, ma'am. I'm sorry. No, sometimes they're just going to be kids. What do we do? We teach them, we remind them, because we love them. We're patient. Uh, it, it implies being generous. It, it, it's to extend forgiveness. It means to keep our promises. That's sacrificial. It's going to cost me something. But that's love in the home, and it's enduring. Isn't that what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13? Charity never fails. Love never runs out. It's a well that never... Huh? Greatest of these, charity. I like that, don't you? That's why Jesus told his disciples in, in, in John 13, 35, By this shall all men know that you're my disciples, if you have love one for another. So when God builds the home, I want you to say that with me. When God builds the home, here's what you find. You find leadership, submission. Come on, everybody. Submission, communication, forgiveness understanding, love. And can I take you back to the very first discussion that we had? Go back to Psalm 127 with me and look at verse number two. It's vain for you to rise up early, sit up late, eat the bread of sorrows, for so he gives his beloved sleep. There's security. There's security. Except the Lord built the house. There's security. You know what our home ought to be, our home ought to be a secure, it ought to be a fortress. You know, you go inside, you close the door, and it's not ADT or simply safe. It's the Lord that gives us security. Our homes ought to be a safe place. Are you with me? Now, you know this in society. We looked at the dysfunctional home a couple weeks back, and, and sometimes home life is hostile. In fact, some kids can't wait to get out. Right? Because they've seen it's just hostility, tension, drama. When you, when you have all of that in a home, it just doesn't look like a home that God is building. There's some things lacking. And by the way, if that's your home today where it's just hostile and you don't even like being there, man, work to change it. Right? Maybe you came into this 
this Christianity thing a little late in life, and so, uh, you know, you already got some bad habits. You can turn that around, right? Come on, class, can't they turn that around? Sure. Power of God can change anything or anyone. We can turn that thing around if we so choose, if we're willing to put in the work. But our homes ought to be a place of security, right? That's the way the Lord, that's the way the Lord would have it. He's our security. We allow him to be the Lord of our home. Did you ever hear the story about, and I'm, I'm finished, I'll finish up with this. Did you ever hear the story about the burglar who was confronted? I mean, he, he broke into a house. All the lights are out. He's got a flashlight. Nobody's home. I mean, he, he really just, he did his homework. He, he just, you know, kind of, you know, worked on seeing the pattern of the family. He breaks into the house. He's looking around with the flashlight when all of a sudden he hears something say, Jesus is watching you. He paused, looked around, continued with his flashlight. Jesus is watching you. Who said that? And all of a sudden, he takes his flashlight and shines it up. There's a parrot in this birdcage. And the parrot says, if Jesus is watching you, and that burglar went over to that cage and he said, what's your name? And that bird said, Clarence. <laughs> Clarence, who named you Clarence? And that parrot said, the same person who named that Rottweiler, Jesus. See, if you'll let the Lord be the security of your home, you'd be surprised how safe it could become. Huh? And I can preach a whole lot about that, about what we watch and what we don't watch, what we listen to, what we don't listen to, who we let in, and, who, and what we allow them to do when we let them in. Hello? If the Lord builds the house, there'll be some visible qualities that are undeniably undeniably God. So where do we begin? Flash up that last slide, guys. Here's where you begin. Evaluate deficiency. Wherever you're deficient in your home, you need to know it. Look here, if I'm going to do a security check on your home, Tyler, I'm going to check all the entry points, every window, all the doors, every crack, every cre crevice, and I'm going to come back and say, Tyler, I'm not sure if you knew this or not, but that back door is really not secure. There's a deficiency there. If you want to make this house secure, beef up the back door. Are you with me? So spiritually speaking, how do we evaluate deficiency? And then develop a plan. Here's where we're deficient, and this is what we're going to do to get stronger, to get more secure, to become more God. Are you with me? And then finally, invite everyone to take ownership. Every member of that family has got to own something. Right? When mom and I step out of the house, the eldest is in control. And you don't allow them to do anything that you know we don't permit in this house. Right? You get it? And the bottom line is, man, just do it. Just do it. When the Lord builds the house. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. 
For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.